Uh, it is 197. 197. What are we going to do for 200? We're going to have an incredibly huge party. Have a party. All my party people in the house say, yeah. Say robots. Robots. <laughs> We're going to have a good bloopers reel someday. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. So Derek Pryor pulled me aside a few minutes ago. We were, we were having Pi to celebrate an anniversary here at ThoughtBot because... These are all the things that you do in the world. Yeah, uh, it's pretty great. There was some savory pie, which was a little weird. But uh, Derek pulled me aside and said that he had a bone to pick with both you and I. Ooh, uh, and I so like we this actually let this linger for a little while because, for those who don't know, Derek is one of the kindest, friendliest people on the internet. So when he starts that, I know it's not serious, and I'm like, oh, this is a fun moment, though. Uh, but what it turned out to be is that uh, we read the wrong nonfiction. Hmm. Uh, so he was uh, referring to our last episode in which we talked about nonfiction and how we wish they would just get to the point and you know do the abstract version and you're reading uh, or you're listening to abstracted versions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you got to listen to nonfiction where it's stories, where it's people telling stories. It's like, ah, oh, you know, there there is a lot of that. Yes. So his stance of we're reading the wrong nonfiction, I, I can almost sign up for Did that. he have uh, particular recommendations? Uh, he did not, but immediately lots of like, I survived this scenario, I did this thing in my life. Like a person's biography, I feel mm-hmm. like you want to hear that story. Hmm. Um, so you are, you are right, Derek, I agree. But the self-help stuff or whatever you want to call that, self-improvement, that, that whole world, just make them a blog post, please. Yeah. I stand by that statement. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have one recommendation for nonfiction that's like story-based, which What's is that? Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Podcast. Yes, I just found that recently. It is incredible. Yeah, it's super good. I it's- started in the third, so there are six, maybe seven parts to, I think it's the Road to Armageddon about World War One. Yep. And they're amazingly long. They are incredible. <laughs> I was listening to number three, which I thought was the third of three total. <laughs> and it was two and a half hours long. And I was like, man, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Then I discovered there are like seven of them. But they're amazing. And they really are the like story form of history, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Podcasts, though, not a book per se. But hey, podcasts are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. How are things? Things are good. Uh, I can probably lead off this week. Okay. Uh, there's there's a, a main line of what we did, which was we launched the course. Yay. Yay. Fanfare. Excellent. Confetti emoji. I actually used the confetti emoji in the app this week. Excellent. Uh, so we launched Bourbon Smash, as it is known. It is a uh, course targeted at developers, but covering the topic of design uh, and introducing all of our bourbon-related tools. So bourbon, neat, bitters, refills, as well as SaaS, which is the fundamental underlying technology behind all of them. Uh, there's a couple of exercises interlaced throughout, and the final video is Tyson Gatch, one of our developers, uh, who was the host throughout the whole series, building an app using all of these technologies and talking about his Uh, thinking his approach how he uses the tools what he reaches for when how he organizes his files lots of great stuff in there so very excited to have that out in the world it sounds good it sounds like like it'll be a good thing yes Uh, it was very particularly structured for developers and that's an interesting thing and it's actually made it a little bit unwieldy now as we transition to the marketing world uh, because like well we should put it on design weekly or anything like that it's like well i don't know it's good design content but it's not it's more introductory, and it's really intended for our core audience on Upcase, which are web developers. Uh, but that said, I'm super happy with the content. Uh, Tyson came down and recorded with me for, he was here for a week, and so we got to spend a lot of time together, really get it into the form that we wanted, find the right words and the right concepts to explain everything that we were thinking. Uh, and then the final course is a lot of different pieces. I think there are six videos and three exercises. So there's plenty to sink your teeth into. Nice. Uh, and so that is live now. Thus beginning the actual hard work of marketing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's got to feel good to get it out the door. It does. It does. Although it's it's oddly anticlimactic when, a, when I actually do launch, quote unquote, launch the course, because it's just a single field of published. Mm-hmm. Just, yep, I check that box. Oh, cool. And for me, the, they're actually always available, even if they're not published. Right. You just have to know the URL to go to. Mm-hmm. They're not listed anywhere is basically all that published thing does. So for me, I've been visiting this page for weeks. I've been seeing it. And so I just click a little checkbox and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it shows up on the homepage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I, I think that's been a limitation of the system. So that was something I, I went uh, about solving and just, uh, literally just as we came onto the podcast, deployed a fix, not a fix, but an update to this site to hopefully emphasize new courses a little bit better than we have in the past. Uh, so historically, once I hit that checkbox, they just show up. And the main page where subscribers actually see the content is the practice page. And it lists out all of the trails mm-hmm. or courses, depending on the terminology I'm using that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it lists them to pick an order in topic order. So it's first all of the, I think it's alphabetical by topic because the topics have to be ordered somehow themselves. So it's a very, I would say, arbitrary structuring. It's a structuring, we kind of had to pick one, but mm-hmm. uh, it didn't make a ton of sense. So what I've done now is I've added a new field to each of the trails. They can be promoted. Uh, so it's just a Boolean attribute. And with it promoted, it's now, I can probably have more than one, but at this point I just have the one. And it shows up at the top of the list. If mm-hmm. you haven't started it, there's a little bit of text that says, check out our newest trail, hot off the presses, and the confetti emoji, because I wanted to celebrate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, once oh, you it, start it, it will then be part of your in-progress trails, which are rendered a little bit differently. They're rendered with the right. progress bar and all of that. But the other change that we made was to order the in-progress trails by most recently started. Mm-hmm. So after you click this, it will still remain at the top of your dashboard because you most recently started it. Mm. Basically, it won't run away from you yep. if you start it. But um, I think both of those are useful. I think the main one, though, of really highlighting this thing uh, is important. I've definitely had conversations. There was a user who uh, wrote in a help request and was like, hey, uh, site's great, really like it. Just really wish there was something more on SQL using Active Record. going a little bit further with that. I was like... Oh yeah, no, we, we we have a course on that. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so they had just entirely missed it. I mean, we had sent out an email. We always do that, but those things, you know, people don't see everything that we send out. Totally. Uh, so this is a way. It's basically persistent now. It's it's there. It'll be in your face until I either disable the promoted, which I will do as we transition to whatever we put out next, mm-hmm. uh, or you start it. So it's it's kind of going to be at the top in your face, um, but. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I think that's a nice improvement. And uh, then we have the long adventure of marketing. So we have a marketing checklist that we're going through. Nice. Uh, and luckily, Tyson's been available to help out with a little bit of that. So he's been tweeting and sharing it more in the design world. And then we've been doing some work with more of our developer audience. So we have a blog post that's out there. We sent an announcement to subscribers. Uh, I'm writing up a newsletter announcement. So the newsletter just being all of those other people, the 10,000 or so that have ever been subscribers or have never or anything like that. Uh, We've got a bunch of tweets that are going out from ThoughtBot and Upcase. Uh, We're going to add a link to the Bourbon site. So a whole bunch of things there, but still looking for other ways, other people that we can reach out to, other Mm -hmm. Uh, outreach is really the thing that stands out in my mind. It's also the thing that I think I am least good at. So this is a fun challenge for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so excited about all of that. Yeah, I think getting it into someone else's hands that's sort of an influency kind of person could be kind of awesome. And not just because they will hopefully share it with their people, but you could probably also get some really good feedback too. Yeah. Like external sort of folks saying, hey, this is really good. Or like, I like this, but maybe you should cover whatever. Yep. Might even be have like good repercussions for the content itself yeah i think last week it was uh, you made the comment that uh, we're treating marketing as kind of the thing that happens after the course launches and really we should probably be pulling that in and thinking about it beforehand who should we be reaching out to is there anyone that we can say give them free preview of the course and get them to write a blog post that goes live the same days all of that kind of stuff uh sounds great Mm -hmm. i'm into it uh I, i think i feel good about the way in which we've gotten a little bit better about producing and marketing each of the trails, mm-hmm. uh, all of the ones that I've been involved in. Each one's been a little more structured. We've done, we've gone a little bit farther and yelled from a few more rooftops kind of thing. Uh, but I think there's definitely room to still keep growing. So I'm keeping that in mind as we start to think about the next course, which I don't know, hopefully in a month or so. What is the next course? Um, I'm not actually sure. We have two that are recorded, and so it's a question of which of them do I want to sort of fast track. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. But we have one on Shell, which Gabe recorded, mm-hmm. and we have one that is the intro to TDD that should always have existed that thus far hasn't existed. Hmm. A very fundamental, what what exactly does TDD mean? How do you do it? How What's the thought process? Why is it worth it? All that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, we have some great TDD content, but it's more in the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and the particular testing libraries and things like that and less in the abstract, what even is this thing called TDD? Mm -hmm. uh, so excited about both of those. I think they fit really well within our unique market position. Mm -hmm. uh, similar to, I think, Bourbon Smash is another example of we have this opinionated voice. We also have these tool sets, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but so we have both kind of going in parallel right now. So it's a question of which one will be easier to get ready within that time frame. Mm -hmm. But thus far, we've not been able to do it. But I would love to get to the place where we're releasing a new piece of content once a month, roughly. If you did hit that point, let's say you shipped like three or four new courses and you were hitting them at a pretty good clip, mm -hmm. and it wasn't moving the MRR needle, what would you do in this hypothetical world? Or what would you think about? That's an interesting question. Um, so I guess the the statement of it wasn't moving the MRR needle is interesting because I think, I don't know if this is how you view it, but that number... Uh, that that point on the graph, mm -hmm. we view it as kind of a static thing, but it is very much not a static number. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, I think, all the more so true for me. I have higher churn and things like that than yours, but even for your case, it's very much a dynamic number. So even staying at a point, there's active inputs to that. And so even if like MRR stays flat, that could be a failing in the face of certain goals if that's what we said but it doesn't mean that like oh well everything's broken and those were a complete failure like right. maybe those releases did bring in new people that helped backfill for those who had left mm -hmm. that said i think and this might be a worthwhile thing to do regardless uh take a step back and actually try and look at overall how do we market and how do we put these things out into the world mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was actually thinking is this something that we can do um, I would love if there were more people in the world saying like you want to learn Vim well if you're willing to invest on ramp to Vim is the best thing out there mm -hmm. uh, I sincerely do believe that you and I spent a good amount of time uh, we both know Vim pretty well and we put I believe our best content into that mm -hmm. uh, and I think it should be recognized as such mm -hmm. to toot our own horn uh, but I don't know that the internet represents that right now. Mm -hmm. So this, again, falls into a category of things that I don't think I'm amazing at, but I could certainly get better and probably worth investing in uh, or finding people that can help me and can augment that skill set. Mm -hmm. uh, but thinking about how do we get traffic coming into those uh, and then how do we convert that traffic and all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of ongoing work that we've been doing throughout. But if we get to the place, like you said, where... The content machine's moving, but it doesn't seem to be effective per whatever goals we've defined. I think I would step back and say, like, all right, let's really focus on getting more people to each of these pages and then converting them into subscribers based on their arrival. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, because so to me, there's there's basically I think there's just three inputs to the MR equation effectively, <laughs> which is how many people are you signing up, new mm -hmm. people? How many people are churning out? And how much are you charging people? Uh, yeah, I think, so right. there is a, like you can expand, you can take each of those and kind of break them out into other things. So like how many people are you subscribing is a combination of how many people are showing up and how many people of those are converting. Yep. But in the like simplest, the most reduced form, I think that's accurate. That sounds mm -hmm. correct to me. So you would, so in this world where it was like, okay, even with a steady clip of content, we're not moving the needle, the MRR mm -hmm. needle. Let's try to increase the sign-up numbers. Mm -hmm. That would be sort of where you'd want to start. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, not necessarily, and in fact, in a few previous episodes, we've talked about this a little bit. Where I think my focus has been significantly on that side of things. Uh, I've almost had an entire blind spot to the idea of L LTV and how much do I make from an individual customer. Mm -hmm. So that is likely worth a review. Mm -hmm. And then definitely I'm clear that there's good work to be done on the um, churn front. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think the way you framed the question put me in the mindset of like, how do I make these launches more effective? Mm -hmm. And that speaks to acquisition in my mind but i think what you just highlighted is actually the better answer of like if mrr is not moving in the right direction focus on and i think it is those other aspects that we haven't spent as much time on yeah i mean i think you're amazing at the content stuff like the okay. content that comes out is is fantastic yep and so my guess would be you were and, and i think that's what you like or you feel like most comfortable with that's something that i'm coming to realize about myself is uh and, and i think that's an incredibly valuable for Thing for me working on upcase but it's not necessarily the winningest thing for upcase overall right and, and i think your your tendency will be to focus on the things you're good at mm -hmm. you're like well i got this really effective hammer over here 
So we'll keep pounding the content nail. Mm-hmm. And that may actually work because like you do, you say that a lot of people that cancel have like content issues. Like they yep. want different kinds of topics or they find things that are out of date or whatnot. But I also suspect there's a lot of leverage in the things that are like you're less comfortable with mm-hmm. because you're mostly not doing them. Yep. So like you're already like a 9 out of 10 on content production maybe. But like you might be like a 3 out of 10 in the other stuff. Yeah, uh, that large, I mean, the specific numbers, what sure. have you, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, that largely sounds accurate, and in the sense of where can we make the most gains, it's on that front, but that said, I think we kind of need to keep producing content. Yeah. Maybe not forever, but the internet doesn't stand still, and if we're making a thing that teaches people how to be web developers, I think that's always going to need to happen, and it's a question of how do I either make time and figure out what to do or find other people to help with that portion of it. Yep. I, I do have some good news for you. What's that? Uh, you and I, I, so I talked to Dan about, uh, Dan, our, our CMO, mm-hmm. chief marketing guru, master optimizer, about um, doing a growth joint growth meeting. Awesome. Um, and he's on board. So nice. you and I are going to start sitting down with him, I guess, every other week, I think, is what we said at first. That Maybe sounds great. 45-ish minutes and just kind of with, and so you and I talked about this, but the assumption mm-hmm. is, the things he tells you will probably be also useful yes. for me and vice versa. Yep. And so we're both, we're going we're gonna to kind of like do a joint thing and he'll split time for us. But he's also been um, doing some experimentation with bringing people on for a growth rotation. Right. So like idle consultant people or designer people or dev people and designer people basically coming available and he's like booking them for a week at a time for growth tasks yep. that lump together all the things he's looking at like thoughtbot consulting products mm-hmm. other stuff yeah there was this magical thing that happened this week where uh someone came in made a change to the site it was reviewed and deployed all without me having seen anything but in the very good way i was just like oh oh wow that because I, I think I saw the issue raised. It was related to meta descriptions on different pages. A very kind of low-level mechanical thing. But Dan had noticed it, highlighted it to someone who was on the growth team. They came in and made the change. Gabe reviewed it. It was merged. It was deployed to production. And by the time I went from seeing that there was an issue to knowing that it was deployed, I was like, oh, well, that's magical. Teamwork. I enjoyed that. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm excited for that. I think that, that works well with me and where I'm at. So Nice. Yeah. So that 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 I think will be useful, um, and like as you said, you know, it's it's a little bit of a blind spot or just something you're less comfortable with. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have additional input on that. But if we look at the three numbers again, there's churn, there's new customers, there's uh, average revenue. Yep. Uh, I'm going to ignore the average revenue for now because it's too predictable. But the churn thing, I, do you have a sense of your um, activation rate for people coming in? Uh, no. Yeah, it's a little harder to tell. I imagine mm-hmm. with Upcase, it's like when are you activated. Like if you glance at a video, if you start an exercise yeah. or like whatever, well, I mean, it's probably going to be I, a... I think f- like maybe for you, you have the like the super easy of, right. well, they're using the service. Right. Um, but I think a lot of things fall into the case that Upcase is in where it's like, how, how do you... S- I guess if nothing else than anything that's producing content like this and mm-hmm. a membership type site. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely something we should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have some loose metrics we've had at various points people have set up funnels that define this yep. but i think it's one of those things that it doesn't really matter which number you pick in specific it matters that you know what it is and that you're measuring it and that you're trying to improve it and mm-hmm. coming back to it so we kind of just need to reset all of that and and take a view of it yep I, you're so churn i'm looking at right now that like churn is 14 percent mm-hmm. user, user churn over the last month that's a bunch it is also i don't think it's that high for a membership kind of style site um i'm not like i, I don't know for sure. Yeah. But one, I mean, the, the first thing I would want to do if I did like, would to, to start digging into that would just be like, what is the activation rate? Mm-hmm. Like, do we have people that show up and log in one time and then, you know, cancel basically 26 days later? Yeah, probably a bunch actually. Yeah. Um, and so like, what does that first run experience look like? And, and can we, you know, run some tests that, to get, pe- get more people into the value mm-hmm. having been received bucket? Yeah, there, there's that. There's also, there's a particular, this is one that I do know because I have analyzed it. There's a very clear fall off for each of the trails. So every each trail. Of the trails? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So each trail has its uh, distinct composition. First, there's this kind of softball, easy video that's introducing the concept. Then it gets a little deeper and a little deeper. Video four, that one, that's the really sticky one that people watch and they're like, I'm not sure what that was. And they fall off. Hmm. Uh, and so it's it was really interesting when I looked at it. Each one, each course has its own shape. Where basically, 
if you make it to this point, you probably continue and finish mm -hmm, out. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people drop off at video three or video five or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's definitely another area that we can improve. We can just kind of reach out and have some sort of feedback mechanism that happens there that says, oh, we saw that you hit the crux. Is there anything we can do to help you past it? Or maybe look at that particular piece of content and say, are there improvements we can make? Is there a reason that this is the sticking point for people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think activation is probably the first and most important. And then that's another one that I've highlighted that I think there's lowish hanging fruit there. There's relatively easy to identify something happening mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully easy to remedy, but mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I think the activation thing will be really interesting to dig into or yeah. worthwhile to dig into. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned with that person that was interested in the content that you already have that didn't mm -hmm. know exist it existed. Uh, there's there's improvements that can be made in like the discoverability and the organization of yes. the content yes. that isn't even really more content, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's, it's probably kind of easy ish in relation to like, okay, recording a new course and getting it published versus like, can we display these in a way that make it clear what they are and how they relate to each other? Yeah. There's another, uh, analysis that I did, uh, looking at the viewership for weekly iterations. Mm -hmm. So these are these kind of regular serial content that we're putting out once a week. And every single one of them has this big spike and then a long tail. Mm -hmm. uh, so to a certain extent, that would make sense. But the the shape, the magnitude of the spike and then the depth of the tail, if you will, uh, leads me to believe that people are missing out on great content. That mm. basically there's this strong immediacy bias. Mm -hmm. And we've got, at this point, it's like 115 videos or something in there. Mm -hmm. And we need to find a way to better expose that to people, to better introduce that. Uh, and I, like you're saying, this is not a question of needing so much more content. Mm -hmm. It's saying we've got some great content mm -hmm. and it's possibly looking back and saying like, maybe we actually pare this down. Like if nobody's really watching this or if people watch, you know, five minutes of this 30 minute video and right. drop off every time, maybe this one, this is a dud, you know, we're totally. producing these every week. That's going to happen. So maybe we prune that back a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, users do hate when we take away content, but, but only when you tell them. Yeah, so I should just uh, soft, silent delete. Yes. So yeah. you have like 115 episodes of the weekly iteration. Mm -hmm. Current lifetime value or current uh, like average time to churn uh, is seven months. I think you should at least think about dripping out the videos and not giving them all at once. Interesting. You could So with the catalog you have and the churn you have, you could do four a week for the average person's membership length mm -hmm. and they wouldn't you know, catch up. Right. And that sort of, and then so, so maybe you do some initial pruning and you get it down to like a hundred or something yep. of, of the best ones. And then you kind of help that sort of address that spikiness. Or you even tell them like, these are the four new ones for this week. And like, like, wow, maybe I'll watch all of them or something. Hopefully they want to listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, um, did you see Avdi just recently restructured Ruby Tapas? No. So Ruby Tapas, for anyone not familiar, is A, a wonderful program. It's very specific, very nuanced, program? small videos. Yeah, well, it's his service. It's, it's a screencast service. but Yeah. It is weekly, I think it's two or three weekly, but they're very short videos, very focused on core Ruby topics. Great stuff. I've actually been a subscriber in the past, uh, but he recently restructured it pretty aggressively and mm. he did something a little bit closer to that. He now has pricing tiers. Oh, The top yes. tier unlocks everything, the lower tiers, you get this time-released access to things and... Uh, so I there's some like interesting it. stuff there. Frankly, I, I would love to, I don't know, chat with him and be like, hey, how'd that go for you? <laughs> totally. I think you should. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've actually been meaning to talk to him. I was thinking actually just this weekend that like I wanted to talk to him because, yeah, interesting. Okay, so now he has like the lowest thing is $9 per month, which is two episodes per week, access to the full current season and the forums. Right. So the idea of seasons, I kind of like that yep. as a way to structure $12 it. is still two episodes a week, plus you gain access to earlier seasons over time. And eighteen dollars per month, you get immediate access to the entire back catalog. So you always get two, but the question is, how many of the old ones do you get? Yep. So I had was thinking in my head that I wanted to reach out to him because I, I. So when he said like he he wrote that blog post about like please help me yeah to not be broke, which I was surprised that he wrote that and then immediately came out with basically something that raised his prices. So high five because I think that was your direct response Absolutely. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, my response was, can you raise your prices? Yeah, and I had been meaning to like reach out to him again and be like. I think the fact that he charges $9 per month for his thing like hurts this industry in a certain way. Like other people's price points are anchored to the lowness of his too cheapness. Yeah. 
That's that's an interesting thing to say to a person. You need to raise your prices for me. <laughs> well, so he needs to do it for. Well, I think he should do it for both. You know, like yeah. so, like okay, hey, if you're broke, you need to charge more because you're undercharging. By the mm-hmm. way, your undercharging is hurting you and us. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad to see he's doing this. This is good. Yeah. This uh, nine dollars per month for two screencasts a week is crazy sauce in my mind still mm-hmm. i would drop this last this lower plan and then also make the other ones more expensive but that's always my i say that about literally every pricing good i've ever seen yep so. and you did it with yours <laughs> at, least, at least you held true on your own i but. did yeah yeah so anyway i i'm glad to see him making this change but that brings me to like the other thing which is like your average revenue per user thing which is the like kind of the actually probably the most consistent metric like it's been 29 bucks for a while now right that doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere because you're charging basically 29 dollars to everyone uh yeah historically we've just basically converged on that in the past we have had lower tier plans higher tier plans yeah uh there was a period where stuff just cost more Mm -hmm. just overall Mm -hmm. and then that was dropped down but at this point we've really converged around the one price point i wonder so i I was just like kicking in my head around in my head this weekend the idea of a like more pre like a premium tier that you could offer i know this is going like back like this is you know pricing is like a a one-on-one coaching is is a is a an exploration yeah uh something like maybe i don't know this might be ridiculous because we have done some of the stuff who knows if now is the time to try other things Mm -hmm. but it's one of the numbers that contributes to the number that you care about so it's like yeah no it's a big one and like i said i I think the other two i've always been aware of but i sort of had a blind spot around this and thinking of its importance within uh within the magic equation of three yeah uh, it's a big deal yeah like i wonder if you could have something like is there a price something you could do to make it worth 49 a month or mm-hmm. 99 a month or something is there something you could take away from the lower thing and stick in the top tier or something yep. i don't know just there's uh stuff started bouncing around for me the idea of of monthly and trying to restructure stuff I, I have a certain resistance to that but the thing that you've mentioned a few times that i have a good bit more interest in is what if it were more of a cohesive thing you don't get a monthly price you pay for six months yeah in that six months we have a guided structured thing and so there's the we're giving you a bit more and that we're structuring this but it really is that same content we have this content here and we can teach you uh, and the the kind of mental model i have around it is our apprentices what is it that regularly we tell someone who you just started as an apprentice what are the things that we often have to help them with mm-hmm. uh, and so we structure a curriculum a whole cohesive thing and we sell that as a package and that package is worth significantly more than the 29 dollars a month or what have you yep um that i'm very intrigued by so that that's probably the one that sticks out the most in my mind is yeah i like that idea a lot that too. of the three numbers but i don't know do i do that before i try to uh fix up our current churn numbers uh i don't know do that's... i give up on acquisition do i do all three at the same time it's th- this is kind of like those three numbers you can kind of cycle around between them and this was my question to you last week is you've definitely been focusing on the at this point the average revenue per user one that's mm. been your your home for a while mm. or lifetime value actually but i was suggesting that you possibly look to acquisition and spending some time there you've also i guess been on the activation side too right um but this is really the hard question is how do you decide where to prioritize between them i've been pretty clear in prioritizing acquisition for a while yep i think it makes sense to move on but the question now is do i completely abandon acquisition i don't think so that's certainly not abandoned so dan brought this point up in the growth channel which is like you know dial back like if you feel like your bucket is too leaky don't turn off the faucet entirely. Mm-hmm. Maybe slow it down a little bit if you're doing paid acquisition. Don't spend quite as much as you were. Yeah. But you still want to keep pushing people through your funnel to see what's working and what's not. Well, when I think of the resources available, it's much more time. And like time is the issue, you mean? Time is in like time to invest in working on any of those points. Yep. Um, so acquisition, I would hope we've done systematic things and we're going to keep any ads that we have running. So it should be roughly, hopefully accruing, actually getting a little bit better. But there's nothing, I'm not going to like pull out the ripcord and stop that somehow. I, if anything, I would hope it would kind of coast, but I won't necessarily invest more time in hopefully improving that number. I might shift to focus on the other aspects. Or do I still say like 10% of my week should be efforts towards increasing acquisition at a minimum and then rotate around between the other stuff. I think I would pull back on the acquisition stuff mm-hmm. in terms of time investment. Looking like looking at the customers added per month, they pe- it peaked in January at 220, mm-hmm. but then has been sort of on a actually a decent decline since then. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe this stone is not working like ringing the blood out of this thing is not working so well. Yep. Um, so you might have other stuff that you can get a better return on. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Like it might be tough 
barring major changes in your acquisition channels to get above 200 users per month. And so it's like, okay, we're, we're actually looking at like 150. So what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. um, how do we turn more of those people into customers? How do we charge them a little bit more? Right. Those two things might have more. Well, so the turn something. more of those into customers, I think of as acquisition work. Uh, sorry, not turn more into customers. Um, turn well, yeah, turn them into real activated customers. Activated, okay. Because like you know, 150 people gave you their credit card, but if 30 of them, you know, log in twice and never come back, mm -hmm. they had a dream at one point, and then the dream didn't get realized, so they're gonna they're they gonna did. leave. They did. They did the dream. Yeah. Just thoughts I had. Yeah, good thoughts. I like these conversations. They're good. They keep me honest. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did notice this week, though, is uh, I think the having the podcast, having this structure is great. It kind of forces some amount of action and just got to get something done so I have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. I do worry, and I've been trying to notice this in, in my actions over the past few weeks, does it, well, it definitely does bias me towards action, but does it do so in possibly a harmful way? Hmm. Like, I got to have something to talk about. And sometimes the right thing to do is kind of sit back and think holistically, like, okay, what, what are we even doing here? Should yep. I be restructuring things? Yep. Uh, and I don't think I, I'm personally not great at giving myself the time to do that, especially in the context of knowing that I have an internet radio show mm -hmm. where I've got to talk to people. Sorry, Tom. Yep. Where I have to talk about what I've done. And so I've been trying to identify that and see what effect, if any, that has on my biases. I don't know if you feel anything similar, if you see it moving you in one direction or another. Well, it's it's funny. I do feel some impulse to get stuff done before podcast day. Mm -hmm. But I actually did spend the last couple days working on thing that, like working on stuff that was longer term mm -hmm. and doing exactly that, like stepping back and looking at the bigger picture. And it was a little bit hard to do because I was like, okay, I know if I do this. So like I, at the, with the last podcast, I said I wanted to ship the form linter by the next right. one, and we did not. Mm -hmm. and, but that was an intentional choice that I made this week because it became clear to me. I was like, we need to. There needs. There's bigger picture thinking that needs to happen here. Right. Um, so yeah, I I think both are true. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that I think that is a, I think it is a good thing. I think it can lead to a little bit too much short term thinking, and it is important to not care too much about it sometimes. All right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, cool. Let me bounce through a few more things, and then we can transition over to you. Um, so a couple more SEO domain-related uh, cleanup things. One that I think was good and probably should be uh, on all apps was we have a staging instance. This is a thing that we have for every application that we have. Uh, and it turns out Google knew about them. And that's competing content because it's identical. <laughs> uh, there's no real, well, basically, as long as Google gets one link, then it's going to you know crawl all the other pages because that's how it works. Uh, and somehow... For both ThoughtBot.com and for Upcase, Google knew about them. Knew the about staging the staging instance. Weird. Yeah. Something linking somewhere linked to it. Um, Maybe a forum thread. Might be a forum thread. Might be the playbook. Something like that that says like staging.thoughtbot.com is where we host our staging instance. Mm. Uh, it's pretty easy. And as far as I can tell, once it gets into Google's world, it's like, all right, we know about this. This is a thing. Uh, and so there's a particular penalty around duplicate content. Uh, it's very easy to fix, though. You just put up a robots.txt that says, please do not look at any of this. Uh, disallow slash, I think, is the technical like line that goes into the robots. And you, we've now got that conditionally based on the environment. So mm -hmm. if we're in staging, mm -hmm. do the disallow all robots.txt. If we're in production, nothing, basically. We just have an empty robots.txt, which my understanding is that means feel free to look at anything you want, anything that you can see. Mm-hmm. So that has now been implemented on ThoughtBot.com. Because we now live on ThoughtBot.com, we had to implement it there. And unlike sitemaps, the robots.txt is a one-and-done sort of thing. ThoughtBot.com is a domain. That gets a robots.txt, and it's over. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the sitemap, we have distinct sitemaps for ThoughtBot.com and for Upcase. And there's an adventure where they kind of link to each other, and uh, which is super useful because I don't want ThoughtBot.com to have to know about and... Right instruct Google about the courses that we have. Right. Like we just launched a new course, which we want in our sitemap. I don't want ThoughtBot.com to have to somehow, I don't know, have an API or other terrible things. So that worked out really well that there is that mechanism for sitemaps, mm -hmm. but it's fine that it doesn't exist for robots. Hmm. We just couldn't do ThoughtBot.com slash upcase slash robots.txt. That mm -hmm. wouldn't work. Nobody would see that. Right. So that was implemented. That's good. Uh, I mentioned briefly earlier uh, in the workflow sort of thing, uh, we had to update the meta description. You want a distinct meta description on every single page. And so like sign in and join and practice and a few others like that mm -hmm. uh, all just said the same thing, which is like upcase learn with ThoughtBot, something generic like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we made sure they each have a distinct one now. Uh, that was something that Dan had noticed and, and brought up there. 
And lastly, we're still trying to sort out the uh, buggy traffic analytics problem. Uh, so in an attempt to fix that, we made what was an unfortunate but seemingly necessary step of taking Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager out of Segment. Uh, so we're big fans of Segment around here. It, it kind of acts as the central hub for everything, which includes, in this case, injecting other magic script tags. So you can say, like, Visual Website Optimizer, Segment, put that on our page and put this other thing in our page. And it means you don't have to deploy. Uh, there's no code change. If you want to add another of these, Segment just manages it all for you. Uh, Google has their own. It's called Google Tag Manager. It manages tags, apparently. So tags. we ended up uh, pulling Google Tag Manager out of Segment, implementing it as a code change. So it's actually included in our code base now on Upcase, redeploying, and now Google Analytics is deployed via that. Fun, fun adventures on the internet. Uh, this only happened sometime earlier this week, and the nature of it is it's going to take a little while to see if it's working, but that seems to have cleared up our traffic problems. Hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why it would, why it would have any effect, but we basically got to that place where we were like, this is annoying. The one thing we can say is this might be the cause, so let's try it. Hmm. Uh, and that basically came from our marketing team. They've seen data interactions with segment that were problematic, so they recommended that. We tried it seems maybe to be working. I'll report back next week, hopefully, with more detail on that. But okay. would be nice if we got that sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Uh, it's really unfortunate because it's it's hindering our ability to understand the effect of the domain transition. Right. Um, so we do have some other more uh, indirect metrics. So they do rank tracking for a lot of terms. So like learn Ruby, learn Rails. Those are things that we want to rank in Google for. And we've been tracking them historically now for a number of months. We I'm not sure which services they're using for that, but they're using some stuff. Uh, and during the domain transition, we saw an interesting pattern where a lot of things moved pretty significantly. Like they were 80. Uh, we were 80 for learn Rails or something like that. And we're now at like 12 or 13, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big deal. If we can pop to the front page for that, that's great. And what that leads us to believe is the domain transition was extremely effective in laying the foundation for more work. We're now in striking distance of the front page for a key term. So if we can get there, if we can push a little bit further, then we're great. But from 80, like there was no amount of other links that we could get that would push us all the way up to the front. Or there was, but it would have been a lot. What kind of phrase is is learn rails your like gold standard phrase you want to work for yeah so for? they because uh, that actually sounds like a bad thing to rank for yes so uh it's an interesting question that you ask i ask the same thing because that's been their kind of gold standard phrase to yeah. use that terminology uh but when i asked that their their response was well that that's a representative term and it turns out that things tend to cluster around search terms like that but they have a number of others hmm. that um kind of stem off of that mm -hmm. and they tend to move as a group and so that's a representative but no that particular term is probably not the core one that we want right uh, but there's a lot of others and we're tracking a whole bunch of them and seeing how kind of they all interact uh the one thing that's kind of interesting is we do seem to be fighting uh, robots on some things now that we weren't because Google likes to spread the link love between different domains and now it's seeing us as same domain as robots.thoughtbot.com so like Vim we actually took a little bit of a hit which is mm. very interesting because the blog has such a good Vim the blog's ranking. good at Vim it turns out so right now <laughs> there's blog stuff that ends up on the front page but we can probably confer authority from the blog to upcase just by basically linking between those two pages and doing some stuff so yeah. lots of fun adventures there so you're completing with you're kind of competing with the blog now <laughs> kind of competing with the blog now <laughs> okay S uh, sort of we're like i said overall this seems to be beneficial it seems to have laid the foundation for future work uh if we're being honest it wasn't quite the smoking gun that i wanted it to be but mm. i'm also not sure that it's done yet that it's fully baked so we'll keep an eye on it uh it's interesting it was a fun technical adventure i'll mm. say that much okay um but i think longer term it's the foundation that we want to build on so i'm still i still believe in it i still believe but uh it has yet to prove itself so mm. yeah mm. okay um i think that's that's most of my stuff so how about you what have you been up to what's going on I have this crazy idea. I'm not sure if it's good or not. Uh-oh. So I, uh, I've been taking dance lessons okay. recently. That's not the crazy idea. Uh, talking about this is the crazy idea. Okay. So maybe this whole segment will suck and we'll cut it out. Or maybe you'll be listening to it as a podcast listener. So uh, I signed up for dance lessons recently. Mm -hmm. And the company that uh, I'm doing it with, I found out later, is a franchise 
got a whole bunch of locations. Oh God. And they've been around for no, what? What are you? Are you going to start a dance franchise, Ben? No, 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 no. Okay. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. I'm announcing but, that. Yeah. I'm now a the dance, Ben Orenstein School of Dance. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. So they've been around for a hundred years. Okay. Which over a hundred years, which is which is pretty damn amazing for any business. Yes. And so I was like, that's interesting that you could make a business that lasted that long. And so I was curious to see how they did business. And so as someone that runs a business, watching other people do business really well is like very gratifying and interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, pay, I feel like I pay a lot of attention to it. Right? I do pay a lot of attention to it. And so I just want to talk about some of the stuff that they do. Sure. And I don't know if it's going to directly like kick off any ideas for you, but it's kind of been like throwing things off for me just a little bit where it's okay. like, that's really interesting the way they just, they're, they're thinking about these things. So I won't explicitly draw the dots or draw the connections perhaps, but maybe this will be interesting. So I've just been like taking notes as I've been like seeing things that I think are cool. Your dance instructor is probably very angry that you no, are not paying I, attention I, to dance I told at her. all. I was like, I'm writing a blog post about this. <laughs> She's like, maybe even nerdier than I thought you were. So I'll just I have a list here, just of right. things that I thought were good. Let's and go I'm for it. Gonna, I'll start throwing them out. So the first thing is, so I called them on the phone and I was like, hey, hey I'm interested in potentially uh, taking some dance lessons. And the very first question they asked me was, how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. So like right off the bat, capturing yeah. the like, what is our lead generation thing like mm-hmm. what's what's working for bringing us new people and ask me like so like and then, and then the demographic questions came next mm-hmm. that one of the very early questions was like what are your goals around this like why are you doing this mm-hmm. i've been asked that like four more times and they keep coming back to it mm-hmm. like they pay uh, they, they not only like asked it but they wrote it down and they keep returning to it right so a lot of they captured that first thing uh the first lesson was free uh, you know, kind of like nice, like giveaway tactic. It was also really easy. Like they do, it's clearly like a very, like it's clearly scripted from start to finish. Hmm. Like you show up there they're like, Hey, like we're going to get you started with Catherine, your instructor. So my instructor calls me before the first lesson. Hey, I'm Catherine. I'm going to be your instructor. Uh, I'm going to be meeting you tomorrow. It was the day before. Like, let me know if you have any questions before the lesson, like just like immediately starting to reach out and like mm-hmm. trying to like be helpful. Um, I show up and they're like, yep, we're going to have you go see Catherine in just a minute. But for now, I'm the manager person and I want to sit down with you for just a second and like check out what your goals are. And we talk about like why you're doing this. Is it for a special occasion? Are you looking to do social things? Do you have any particular kind of dances you're interested in? Just like really did like a 15 minute sort of dive into like, why are you here? Right. And also like laying out the general idea of how the upcoming lesson is going to go and how the studio as a whole works. So it's like very educational and also, you know, interested in what I'm thinking and all that first lesson clearly very scripted they have like we will teach you these three things we'll do Mm -hmm. them in this order we will link them together in this way like very easy to have success like all the stuff they teach you was 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 almost too basic Hmm. and too it was almost too basic and too quick but like if you i was not like intimidated about this particular thing but i could see how if you were scared about it this would be like so reassuring because it was really brain dead simple um, and the person teaching just like was clearly confident in her ability to walk me through this. Mm-hmm. The whole time I'm just thinking onboarding here is like amazing. <laughs> They're like <laughs> killing it with this. Uh, but it kept going. They just keep they keep doing these really smart things. Um, so at the end of the first lesson, they then they want to sell you on a package basically. So all so the only type of membership they have basically is you have to be taking private lessons there. So they have. Uh, they call them parties, which are like social dance things. They have group classes and they have private lessons and you have to take private lessons. And then the other two are optional. The party and the social thing are, are optional. So that, so at the end of the first lesson, what they want to do is they want to sell you on either a five or an eight pack of private lessons. Mm-hmm. And the eight pack is like, if you kind of are terrible and you need a lot of time to get up, like up to speed and the five is if you're like a little bit better, I guess. So what they did at the end of the lesson was I've just done some incredibly basic things. And so they then they say, we want to show you where we think you can get after five lessons. So someone more experienced comes over and then says, I'm, I'm you. Imagine me as you. Here's what you're <laughs> going to be doing in, after your yeah. thing is done. And they do a demonstration and it looks great. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I want to be that person. That looks so cool. Yeah. And it was just like such a, that to me was like, that's so smart. Yeah. It's like, because like that's, I don't have a sense that after the end of my super basic thing, like I feel like I don't feel any cooler like I know like the box step or like I can foxtrot in a straight mm-hmm. line kind of thing. But then this person comes over and they look flashy and awesome. And it's like, oh, yeah. For everyone cool. in the audience, Ben's hips just moved subtly left and right. Yeah. As he said, flashy. Yeah. Just thought you should know. Yeah. There was a little sachet in there. <clears throat> so they also have a nice model, I think, where they have those group classes. So the group classes are for basic techniques. And then the solo lessons are for refining 
things mm-hmm. like style and, and sort of like fixing your issues, which is a model I've, I've, I enjoy. It's like you can get the basics in a, you can teach the basics to a group pretty easily mm-hmm. and then you can refine them on a one-to-one basis, which is nice. It's almost like that flipped classroom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. thought that was a nice idea. Uh, another good thing on the first day after I signed up, they took a Polaroid of me and then had my, had me write my name on the bottom of it so that when there are social things, they can put the pictures of everyone that's there on the wall. So if you're like, who was that person I just talked to? What did she say her name was? Mm. You can go over to the wall and there's that person's like face and name. It's just like, they just kept hitting me with these things. Yeah. A lot of emotional aspects in there. Yeah. Which is interesting and, and makes a ton of sense. I really like the ideas about uh, getting to know your story and the motivations mm-hmm. and then being able to talk back with that. Um, mm-hmm. There, are, It sounds very familiar to personal training. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever hired a personal trainer, but the, like what you're describing feels very similar to me to the experiences I've had yep. talking with a personal trainer where it's like, all right, so where are you at? All right, we did a, we did a nice easy thing. First one's free. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk. And like the idea of selling on a five or eight, you're not selling like, well, you pay on a per basis. Now we've got you in this. Uh, I actually don't, I don't know. I, I have feelings about these techniques and whether or not they're uh, sort of taking advantage of people, but you're mm-hmm. finding them at this emotional high point where you've uh, given them a quick win, you've demonstrated what that future view might look like, and you've got them kind of primed into all of those things, and you sell them a multiple now right. when they're ready to do that. Yep. Um, well, I think it's very effective, certainly. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I liked it. I liked that they were like, well, so there's, there's, there's two levels. So they have mm-hmm. like the five and the eight, and they're like, I think based on where you are, you should do the five class one, mm-hmm. because I think like you, you don't need the, all the super, inter- like, you know, the uh, remedial things, perhaps. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like I'm getting a, a, the standard thing, but a tailored version of it mm-hmm. a little bit. Which Do you I think liked. maybe there was a, a, uh, an amount of anchoring to that? Uh, could be. So, like, the eight is actually, yeah. uh, yeah, like, yeah, no I one bet. gets the eight. They right. just they use like, it to sell the five. That could be. Yeah. That really could be. Like, maybe, like, they, try, they tried three and five for a while, and they're like, what if we did five and eight? Exactly. Yeah. yeah there's, I saw something recently about beer that was related to that. Like, this mid-level craft beer, the way it sells is fundamentally related to the lower-tier beers that it's sat with and the higher-tier beers that it's sat with. Yep. Uh, and, it's a, it, like, it's the same beer, and it just happens to change fundamentally based on what it's surrounded by. Yep. Um, but I think there's some really interesting stuff, and particularly the takeaways for me on Upcase around the idea of, like, I should probably ask everyone why they're here, what they do. Like, we've done a survey, and we got some really interesting feedback, but maybe that should happen with every user. Mm-hmm. And then maybe for a little while, do the thing that doesn't scale. I respond to every single one of those and say, like, hey, that's awesome. You're really interested in Ruby and testing. You want to get a little bit better at that. I recommend you start here. Mm-hmm. Feel free to reply to me if you've got any other questions. And right. like, eventually that will break down because we have 1,500 subscribers. But for a little while, that might be a great thing to do. So right. I'm intrigued and do the, like, I am the owner of this thing. I'm a real human. I will respond. I, I really like those sort of emails when they're true. Sometimes they're not true, and then I get sad. But mm. when they're true and they are real, like, there is a person. They will get the response. It'll be good. Yep. That, uh, that, I that like personalization, that. I think, is really powerful. Yeah. Like, they have a file on me. Like And, like, my instructor yeah. brings it out every time I see her. And she's like, okay, so last time we did this. Yep. And, by the way, you said your goal was this. So I want to make sure that you learn this thing for this purpose because of your your goal mm-hmm. and they really keep tying it back to this thing yeah so they're not trying to sell me on a dream that they have created they're like what's your dream okay we're going to make sure your dream happens yeah and they just keep coming back to like how this is going to make the dream right. happen i'd be really interested what happens when you are halfway through your fifth lesson yeah i imagine there's another very well scripted touch point that happens sure. there i'm and so my, will be. so now I'm already forward projecting myself like, okay, well, so I should definitely talk to them when they start. And then I should probably send out another similar email that says like, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, you've been enjoying Upcase. I wanted to reach out, see if there's anything else. Can I point you in the direction of something? Can I help you think about it at that? What would yes. be the inflection point in their yep. subscription? Because you almost certainly have one, like for the people that are going to bail really fast, I bet you have one like two days after yes. they sign up. And the people that are going to stick around, you probably also have one like at five months yeah. kind of thing. Like there are probably a couple where it's like if you got caught them right then yep. and said, here's what, here's your plan for achieving your dream. Right. I, think, I mean, I think that could be really powerful. If I were really good at data, I'd have some sort of uh, thing that analyzed how they interacted and told me the day to send the magic email on. Right. That's I mean, thing that's that I what I'd be doing is yeah. looking for that. Like, well, I mean, I graph think that's, out, right? that's too fancy for now, but I think there's definitely like that first one, I, sh- I should send that. You that could, seems like a really good idea. You could probably make and a then, pretty good guess at, at yeah. where a couple like key points. Two and a half probably months, something like that. Some, yeah. Yeah. There, there's some stuff in there. Yeah. There's some good stuff there. I, uh, well, personally, I, I enjoyed that. I think. I, I got, I got, uh, oh, my God, what else? What else? Uh, one other thing. This just kind of blew my mind a little bit. So they 
they tricked me. <laughs> no. Um, so They sound like good sales folks. The, they are amazing. Yeah. So the other night I had a lesson and they're like, oh, since your lesson ends at 645, uh, we have a group class right after. So you should do the group class from 645 to 730 or whatever. And I was like, okay. And they're like, and then at 730, we have the uh, f- like basics dance party. So they have, um, th- yeah, they call them parties. And it's like a time to, time to use your dance knowledge now in a social setting that's like fairly unstructured. Mm-hmm. And the parties are tiered by level. So like you know you're showing up and everyone sucks, hmm. which is also very smart. Yeah. And this reminds me of Upcase. Like people are like, I don't want to post on the forum because yeah. I'm like feel embarrassed to like admit I don't know this or like I feel mm-hmm. shy about asking for help. So that kind of, so like very smart to recognize that there's an emotional component to that. But they did this really amazing like compliance trick. So I did the lesson, I did the class, and at the end of the class, they know that they, they want everyone in that class to then go to the party after. Yep. And so they said, great, everyone line up, leaders and followers next to each other, and link arms. Like literally like, like, like a walking down the wedding aisle kind of thing, link arms. And they said, now let's walk over to the party. And even though it was just like around the corner and like through a hallway, they like, every, we like all walked down there together. And no, you can't go anywhere because you're linked arm in arm. So basically you end up at the party. Well, now they took it from what was an opt-in to becoming an opt-out. Basically, yeah. You'd have to be like, sorry, I gotta, I'm gotta. i not going to stay for this. And like, Well, tell I mean, it sounds like you're going into the room regardless, but then you'd have to actively leave the party. Right, exactly. And now you've seen they the got fun you there. and the people. and yeah. Right. And it starts like right away. Like, great, here we go. So the first dance is this. And if you don't know that, then you can do this <laughs> simplified version. And so I was like, that's got to be a compliance thing. And so I asked my teacher after. I was like, did you do that just so that we would all go there? She's like, yeah, totally. That's, of course. We always do that. It's like so smart. And because honestly, I was so... The private lessons and the group class, no intimidation factor for me personally. Mm-hmm. The party was intimidating. Mm. Uh, it just I don't know what it was about it, but it was just like that thing, like that idea. I guess it's because I wasn't convinced that everyone there was going to suck. Turns out everyone there kind of did suck at the same level that I suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my mind, it was like, I'm so new. I don't know anything. It's going to be super embarrassing that I can't like do any of this stuff. And so I was like, I did have anxiety around it. And the fact that like, I, so I was like planning it. Like, I was like, how do I secretly sneak out of here and not mm-hmm. go to the party? And I literally had to link arms with someone to walk over to it. So smart. Mm. I mean, this, uh, it, it doesn't shock me that they're a hundred year old business. It's like, yeah. this, like, there's just so many smart processes and touches in this thing that I, I'm blown away. So what I'm really it's intrigued Arth- by Arthur Murray, by the way, if you want to look it up, Arthur Murray dance, dance studio, studio yeah. probably. Yeah. Terrible website. Not shockingly. Yeah. Uh, well, the fact that you said it started with a phone call, I was like, all right, well that's different. <laughs> <laughs> right. You mean like with a, with a telephone? Yeah. Was it Twilio based? There no? was like a contact us form, but I wanted to get it like done. I wanted to like contact us. Was it hosted on a static site? Yeah. Right. Uh, a thing that I would be really interested in is what does their internal playbook look like yeah what is written down what are the words that they say internally to because if it's been going for 100 years some of the younger teachers that you're working with were not there at the beginning totally so how do they capture and then share that information right well well, because it's a franchise there there almost certainly is a literal playbook yes right like this is clearly documented this is this clearly a standard process actually i wonder if i could get one of their like managers to come on the podcast That I could. When are you talking about getting a five guys I'll be franchise like, yes, owner at yes, some yes, point yes, too? Yes, yeah. I really like. I'm, I like franchises. I, I, you know, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to link arms with one of their managers and walk over to the podcast studio. I mean, I will say franchises are like the business dream. It's we Pretty take much. a thing, we produce, we define a reproducible process, an engine that throws a- off money. A- yeah, they are and like they that to a T. Yeah, SaaS could probably learn a lot from franchises. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so that was my crazy idea, but I think it turned out okay. I enjoyed it. Cool. Good. I'm um, cover the fact that you spent the whole week uh, thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good cover, right? Did I, was that obvious that, I, that nothing happened? I just put together two and two because you said them almost in sequence. Yeah. No, I did spend. Um, so we're, we're like considering our product strategy mm-hmm. here at ThoughtBot. So it's like, what should we be working on and mm-hmm. with how many people and how much and how often? And should we have policies or should we do it ad hoc? And when you and say blah, our blah, blah, blah. product strategy, you mean the broad, like ThoughtBot has these products, Upcase, Inform, Keep, and Hound. How do we as a company staff people on them, think about them, structure it, support that? Exactly. All that stuff. The bigger, not any real individual questions about any of the products, but the bigger picture about all of them. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been super heads down on Form, Keep. And so I was like sort of stuck in form keep land. Yeah. And I started talking to like Chad and Matt and Dan and they were like, well, what about these other things? And I was like, oh yeah, what about those? And so I was like, okay, like, how about I'll start thinking about form keep upcase and hound. Oh wait, we also have these other product ideas that could be products mm-hmm. or like might be products soon. Hmm. Are we thinking about those too? And so suddenly it became this thing where I just kept zooming out and out and out. And so I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that and talking to other product managers and would be product managers and, and things like that. So uh, less has happened on form keep this week. 
But the good news is, hey, it's SaaS, it's and SaaS. Um, it keeps doing stuff. I think some of the paid acquisition stuff. So, so the last couple of days, the numbers have the curve has gotten sharper. Up. I think up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of that is just we started some paid acquisition a while ago, and now we're hitting the end, end of fourteen days, so we're converting a little bit more than we had been. Hmm. Did you see that at the start? Like, how much can you trace to paid acquisition? I got. I haven't dug into it at all. Okay. This is just a theory at this point. Gotcha. Um, we do track the UTM source stuff and all that, so we should be able to answer that. There's yeah. first touch and last touch, and do we know? And do you have ghostery? And there's so many yeah. things that complicate that. But yeah. yeah. So the the bad news is we don't know quite why, but the good news is that revenue's up. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a problem of the two, yep. Yeah. So things are going well. Um, I, I think actually the thing that I'm most psyched about is that our lifetime value is more than double what it was a month ago. I think I saw you having a conversation in the growth channel about uh, cohort lifetime value mm-hmm. and what it's trending towards with the higher plans and things like that. Yes. Did you do any analysis on that? I haven't looked at cohorts specifically, but okay. so we, we ran some paid ads on Twitter and mm-hmm. we found that our, our acquisition costs was somewhere between two or $300 per person. So... Uh, or was it? Yeah, I think it was like one fifty to two fifty or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And Dan was saying like, I'm pausing this for now because our lifetime value was like two hundred dollars per person. Mm-hmm. Our lifetime value right now is calculated on a, uh, including a, a large user base on our old grandfathered plans at nine dollars a month at one dollar a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our actual lifetime value of people signing up under the new structure is potentially s- substantially higher. So it may be that our lifetime value is actually more like three or four. It's two sixty nine right now. Right. Uh, it may be more like three or four hundred dollars. Yeah. And so if we can get that acquisition cost to more like one hundred and fifty bucks, it might be worth it to acquire someone yeah. who's I worth four hundred dollars. If you see that your lifetime value is higher, that in theory can support a higher cost per acquisition. But those numbers sound very high anecdotally. The like two hundred ish. Sure. But uh, it's, so it all depends on what your lifetime value is, right? Like, so the rule of thumb that I heard that Jason Cohen had said is uh, you can spend a third of your lifetime value on acquisition. Okay. That's a good, just a starting yeah. point to think about. So, I mean, if we can get it to 400 bucks, we can, you know, spend a hundred yeah. and some bucks. What are your conversion rates on the landing page? Uh, Singular see. landing page at this point, right? You just have the main form keep. Yep. How's it going? Well, pretty much. I mean, people also find us through, like, our guides, like how okay. to put a contact form no, on I mean, you, So it's interesting that you respond in that way because I would say that those are definitely landing pages. And if you're not thinking them as, as such, then that's... Well, yeah. No, they are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that the, you said like you only have the one landing page. Right. Like, well, we have more. Uh, so looking at just the, la- the you know, root landing page, yep. the conversion rate to like actually going to the, like I want it, mm-hmm. like the sign up page, enter email password uh, is 12%. Okay. And then from the actual there to having actually entered an email password is 10% of that. So in the one-ish percent converting to customer, right? Uh, that's 2.5% uh, from view the landing page to actually get entered an email password. And then there's another drop again for entering the credit card, oh. as, if we, as we've discussed. Gotcha. So what's the aggregate from landing page through to they've given, they are a customer now with 0.7%. money? 0.7%. 0.7, Okay. Interesting. I'm just thinking in terms of like, have you found the words to describe the thing that you do? Have you found the, you know, the thing that hooks people? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the landing page needs a bunch of work. Uh, I think, or rather, I should say, I think we can improve, do better now. It was great for when it launched, but I mm-hmm. think we could do a better job of talking about why it's good and why you want it. So that's something I want to do. I think the activation stuff is probably a little is is higher priority in my mind. So I'm I'm sort of moving outward from the funnel. So the app is now re designed and looking beautiful want to work on the activation aggressively and then mm-hmm. go check the landing hit the landing page last i think i still think there could be value in trying to get a few more people visiting just so that you get a little more certainty as you like when you get to the point that you're making any changes on the landing pages yeah uh you're going to need some people to go through that and if you're getting like 10 a day that's hard uh, it's hard to feel confident about i don't know what the actual number is yeah. but the lower that is the harder it is or the more time it takes to be confident in anything that you're doing Yep. And then, like, anything you learn on the landing page can almost certainly be backported into the ads. If you find a phrasing, if you find messaging that works, that mm-hmm. moves into ads, and suddenly that kind of compounds and magic and more people. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it would be wasted work. I mm-hmm. think it would be definitely good. Uh, I think there's a little bit more leverage to be had in our, like, f- so of those people, that that 0.7% that made it in and then entered a credit card, only half of those people got a submission to a form. Mm. So it's like, we got you so close. 
like the tiny fraction of of winners that how do you made hook it. your arm in their arm yeah and drag them across the getting a submission line? honestly i'm thinking about it <laughs> like why aren't we asking them like what what was your goal when you signed up with FormKeep? and then like checking in, like did you get that to done? capture contact us information <laughs> if i mean if that's it then like i want to know it you know like mm -hmm. so hey i noticed you signed up you said you wanted to x and you have not xed maybe i can help you yeah put your arm in mine or something i don't know so that's going on with me all right Shall but the ltv the going up as nice yeah. average revenue per user is moving up churns going down so it's like hey that, cool. the numbers are moving in the right direction yeah dig it cool uh do you want to do questions sure okay why is the product better for your customers than last week uh, we have a new weekly iteration. We have a new course all about bourbon, and we have the prioritized listing of that bourbon course on the practice page so that our users won't miss it. Nice. Uh, what have you done to acquire more customers since last week? We have launched the bourbon course, including uh, initial announcements, tweets, blog posts, etc. with more of that to come. What did you do well that you should repeat? Uh, this is a little outside the norm or the, the normal sort of stuff that I talk about. But this week, I tried to focus a little more on my health and energy levels and mm. things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely, I mean, every time I do this, I see the dividends paid almost immediately and a lot. So particularly trying to make sure I'm sleeping well, eating well, getting a bit of exercise. And when I do that, things are great. Yeah. Uh, like there are those days where I look back and I'm like, I, I, didn't, I didn't get anything good done today. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Rather than thinking about it as a number of hours, it's kind of hours times available energy or mental state or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And putting a little bit of effort into that just makes everything better. Um, and For also sure. just my, my outlook on things is so much better when I'm in that place. Yeah. I'm like a different human when yeah. I'm getting proper exercise and rest. Yep. yep. I don't know how I made it through college. We're, you're more resilient then. Yeah, apparently. Are you saying I'm old, Ben? Uh, older. Yeah. I remember distinctly... Staying up most of the night playing yeah. Dark Age of, or Dark Age of Camelot is that what it was? Anyway, some MMORPG. Is it a drinking game? No, it's a. <laughs> you, come on, you know what that is? Playing some like online don't. role. Really, Jesus. Yeah, I, it's no, like World of Warcraft. It was a World of Warcraft okay. precursor, and the fuel I would get for my like binge until six in the morning of playing this game was a box of oatmeal cream pies and a two-liter bottle of Diet Coke. Yeah, see, that's just insane. And I would consume all of both of them. And then nah. go to sleep around six. I didn't feel great, but it was okay. But you could get. <laughs> but now and, that would basically yeah. kill me. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. But recognizing that, putting in some effort towards it, trying to structure routines around that, and find kind of when is my energy naturally spiking and ebbing, and like the coffee walk that we have here at Thoughtbot, enshrining that as a rule and not just a thing that I do sometimes. Uh, it's probably one of the most important things I do in my day. It turns out hmm. to get like because that that last bit, the hour and a half or so that comes after it. It's basically made or not based on whether or not I go on the coffee walk is hmm. the thing. Anecdotally, I have found that to be true. So, yeah, for me too, actually. Uh, I have focused on my health, and that has paid dividends. All right. What did you do less well that you should reduce? Uh, so I don't know that I give myself a full poorly on this, but it's not implemented yet, and the lack of forethought on it is probably something that we consider doing poorly. But marketing the course uh, would have been better if I came into it with a little more prepared per our conversation earlier. Uh, so hopefully I can carry that forward for future courses and for this one, make sure I do uh, kind of push it through and give it its time in the limelight. Hmm. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? Uh, continue marketing the bourbon course a uh, little bit of content planning thinking about there's a weekly iteration uh, recording coming up soon plus think about next courses but also i think i'm going to try and give myself a little bit of room for bigger picture thinking uh, next week is actually gabe's last week on the project and then we'll have a small interim with no one else other than myself on the project mm -hmm. uh, and then we have my next colleague jeff harcourt joining the project so trying to think about what should we be focusing on? What are we doing? Where are we going? Give myself a little bit of space uh, and not feel the immediate need to have something to talk about next week mm -hmm. other than hopefully the good things that I think about. Cool. Uh, you said last time that you plan on starting some A-B tests on the site. Uh, it was more looking into where they're at. So we have some A-B tests. Uh, we've shut down the one on the landing page. It's basically a null result. Um, so we'll probably revisit that because that tends to be an important point. Um, and we have a test running with the template for the email. Uh, we haven't really, it's looking slightly positive, but not enough that I feel great about it. Um, so we're leaving that one running and I'm trying to remember if there was a third. 
I don't think there was a third right now. I guess the checkout continues to perform well, so I think that one's just kind of solidly in the win category. But probably going to need to rethink something for the landing page soon. Okay. Uh, what is your MRR? Fortunately, we are down since last week. We are at 35068. Really glad that we're just over 35, though, so at least I have something to mentally anchor to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's down $281, which is 0.7% from last week. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, I'm going to maybe chalk this up to the holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we saw it kind of follow that. It started to dip on Thursday, Friday, and through the weekend. And looking at it, cancellations stayed the same as they do. Cancellations are just an endless march of progress, it turns out. Uh, but subscriptions dipped heavily. Uh, and this sort of aligns with the picture that we're forming of Upcase is a professional product. It's used during the week, during work hours. Uh, for the majority of our users. Mm-hmm. So the idea that less people, you know, people were in a vacation mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a story I can tell myself that makes me feel a little bit better about these numbers, but it is overall just an interesting thing that we're thinking about. Hmm. Uh, but we dipped down and are starting to recover, assuming I can actually draw lines on that graph and they're true, but mm. that's what we're seeing. So hopefully next week we'll have something better to report. Cool. How about you, Ben? How is your product better for subscribers than it was last week? Uh, it is not. All right. Well, that happens. There were no commits to the FormKeep repo in the last week. Zero commits. Zero commits. I should set up a report for that so I can use that to think about it. Yeah, I do get logs since one week. Yeah. What did you do to get more subscribers? I did work on FormLinter. I did not end up shipping it. Corwin is still cranking on it, and I did some development work on Monday and Tuesday, I think it was. So that's in progress. What did you do well that you should repeat? Um, the zooming out, I think, has been good. It seems to be the theme of this podcast. Yeah, for a sense of like perspective and just trying to think about, yeah, bigger picture has been useful to examine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been trying to not check work stuff at home more mm. as opposed to doing it all the time, constantly. Uh, like last night, it was like past the time where I knew Barometrics would have updated and I successfully did not check it until <laughs> I got into work the next day. And I was like, wow. Nice job. Yeah, it's surprising how hard that is. Yeah. Uh, and I got in early this morning, which is nice. I love starting the day early and try to do more of that. Uh, what did you do poorly that you should stop doing? Not getting in early earlier in the week. <laughs> I'm just going to make a giant sticker. I don't like That's that focus. We should get rid of this question. No, this is probably the most important question, man. Uh, maybe. There are good learnings here. You just The weeks that you've had things to say here, I think they've been useful and nice and reflective. And if you legitimately have nothing to say here... <laughs> Cool. I just can't think of anything. Exactly. I don't, I'm too positive for this question. Yes. <laughs> that. No, I think this is a super important question. I think it's a, it's a good one. Fine. But so you don't have anything this week. I would like to reduce this question. Uh, what are your plans for next week? Um, I think we will probably ship the form lunter next week. All right. At least a V1. Um, it's probably ship. It's almost shippable in its current state. It just needs some stuff. But... Um, I think next week is a pretty reasonable target for that. All right. Slash also have a idea, cohesive plan for the entire product universe. Wow. Yeah. That's big. That's ambitious. Who knows? I mean, an initial happen. plan. Yeah. I'm Nothing realizing there's no such thing as a plan. Here. There's no such thing as a plan that handles all possibilities, mm-hmm. makes everyone happy, is definitely good. Like there's just, you just can't do that. You yeah. have to be like, here, this might be good. Let's try for a little bit and then like yeah. change rapidly and aggressively when necessary. Well, I think the positive is that you work at ThoughtBot where that is kind of yeah, the, the sure. culture. That's the way we do stuff. Constant yeah. experimentation. Right. Yeah. And I'm leaning on that framework of basically, this is how we do everything else. Let's do this this way too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. How about your MRR? Up or down since last time? Uh, up 4% or $300 to 7355 So nicely offsets my 281 lost. Perfect. Good job, Ben. Like a, like a team we are. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. I'll see you around the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Stuck the landing. (laughs) Today's show was produced and edited by the tyrannical Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 197. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.